Welcome to Leading with a Brave Heart, a podcast that helps professional women build the confidence to lead with their hearts, to lead with confidence and compassion. I'm Michelle Johns and my mission is to help you find yourself and stop fixing yourself so that you can transform your career and open up new opportunities. I'm so excited that you're here. Now onto the show. Welcome in. In this episode, I want to share with you some ideas of how you can influence or promote well-being at work. A little bit of background. Historically, organizations focused on injury and physical well-being at work. But over the last 20 or so years, we've seen the biggest impact on organizations is the result of emotional and mental well-being, such as stress being the biggest contributor to work cover claims. And because of this, organizations now focus on this and have been doing so for a while with health initiatives and some organizations providing things like stress leave days and so on. In more recent times, so post-pandemic, the expectation on leaders has escalated in terms of the responsibility for their team's well-being at work. So, it's really important, this topic, isn't it? So, And it's really hard to, to know what to do, what's the right thing to do for each individual. So organisations have put in place some policies and procedures and so on, but it's the human being, you, the leader, who needs to manage these things on a daily basis, like team members who are anxious or not performing or absent from work. And it's really hard, like I said, and it's really hard when someone reaches exhaustion, burnout, or becomes disruptive in the workplace. And there's so many other scenarios you may come across in your career. Now, there are some things you can do to support team well-being and to help people to avoid this escalation of well-being issues or illnesses. Some of it will be out of your control, but what can you do? And the best way to approach it is to have prevention strategies available um, to you as a leader. So let's get into that so that you can have some strategies of your own at work and in your leadership so that you can help to promote um, positive well-being or helping people pick up the signs when they need to take a break or they need some intervention before it gets to that escalation of exhaustion, burnout and so on. So let's start with some uh, some, I guess, overarching things. So firstly, lead your conversations with compassion. Always start by asking people how they're feeling. And that's a really easy one to just gauge where people are at. And then you can implement some strategies or some tactics based on what you're hearing. Now, don't stop there. Really listen and let them know you care. So use the active listening, paraphrasing back to people, um, 
looking for the body language as well as the words that are being said and so on. And then from there, don't just ask and forget, do regular check-ins. And then you will get a gauge of people's base or um, normal or their normal way of operating and then notice differences in their responses from other days. Maybe their common response is, yeah, I'm good, all good. And then one day they say things like, um, I'm okay or, you know, change in language, change in behavior and notice those differences. And they're a way that you can then dig deeper and ask other questions or notice or or maybe release some pressure on them or put some tactics in place then. Now, look for signs that they're feeling vulnerable to share. Now, you will know those in your team who share openly, they probably have a healthy way of expressing their feelings. So take time with others that you don't think are as open. Take time to build trust with them. And of course, never force people to divulge anything personal they're not comfortable with. Create that trust first. So as a leader, treat resilience and well-being as something you work on all the time, not just when someone is burning out. So the concept is to always be topping up the cup, checking the levels and not waiting until the cup is empty. But when it's empty, um, when you stop and pause, let the cup refill before proceeding or doing that big project or having that tough conversation with someone or doing that 20k run. So it's about checking in where your levels are and um, applying strategies to top it up rather than waiting for it to empty out. Now, you have an opportunity to positively influence others by leading by example. This is the most impactful way to, to promote well-being in the workplace. Not telling people to do all the things, but doing them yourself. So people see that and know that it's okay to take breaks or knowing that um, how they get to leadership positions or how they get a promotion is to do what you are doing. So show others that you do the things necessary to put your well-being first, such as taking a lunch break, maybe not walk, working through every day through lunch. And they'll think that's what you do. If I want to get to a, the next role or if I want to be successful here, this is what I do. And then that leads to burnout or exhaustion or so on. Taking your leave, taking your, if it's four weeks annual leave, actually taking your time and taking time out of work. Maybe for you it's responding to emails in work hours or if it's you know a global role or if it's a role where you need to respond outside of work hours, maybe it's um, responding in designated times or writing your emails and scheduling them to come into your team's inbox at a time that's more reasonable in their workday. Have your foundations in place like leaving early three days a week to pick up your children or taking a day off when you're feeling stressed and letting the team know that's what you're doing. Even asking help from your team when you've got a, long, a lot on your mind or a lot on your plate, like your workload and so on. One of the things that holds us back from advocating for our own well-being is um, we don't want to be seen as or some of the things, if you like. We don't want to be seen as weak or needing support. We want to look like we're strong and we've got strength. So 
What we need to do is flip that and let people know that asking for support shows great strength and courage. Courage to speak up when you need help. Um, secondly, we're not, um, we may also think that if we put our well-being first, we're not dedicated to our job, which is wrong as well. When we're dedicated to ourselves and um, becoming our best selves, including taking care of ourselves and our well-being, that will be valued from your leaders. We often worry that showing our leaders vulnerability, they won't think we're good enough, when in fact, showing our true selves shows who we really are and shows um, leadership potential, if you like. And sometimes we think our boss or manager doesn't want to know about our personal lives, when in fact, this gives them more information about whether you're taking on too much or whether um, there's enough resources in the team. If you think about someone who works really long hours, doesn't let the boss know how long it takes to do a job because they don't want to seem like they can't do it, then that person leaves the organization. The boss or the manager replaces that person with another person that has the same amount of time in the day that the, pro the prior person did and this new person can't do the job. There's too much work here. You have um, created or the person has now created a situation where the facts have been hidden if you like that there's not enough resources in the team and the leader needs to know if there's not enough resources available in the team and find a solution to make sure this is sustainable beyond your tenure. Now, what other reasons would you hold back from seeking support or advocating for your own well-being that you need to think about and think about, is that really true? Is it true or not? And Give your organization and your manager the opportunity to work with you on a solution and work with you on helping you to be the best person you can be at work because that's what leaders are. Um, that's what they're there for and they want to help you. Um, they want to be there. They want you to advocate for yourself. They want you to be able to share, share the problems and be open because this then indicates to them that you're, that you're ready to be a leader yourself. So back to the, um, the ways to promote or influence well-being at work. Tap into the resources and policies your organization provides. Personally, I used to see policies as a tick and flick and that it will be seen as being needy or high maintenance to actually use them until a mentor suggested that is why they're there for the benefit of the organization and the individual, like a win-win situation. Now, you may have come across or have a manager that doesn't align with this and that holds you back, like they might um, indicate that, use, you know, referring to the workplace bullying um, policy or the wellbeing policy is uh, a burden. So if that's the case, speak to others outside your line of um, command, if you like, speak to a mentor or someone in HR or someone else in the leadership structure that you trust and get a different perspective because that perspective held me back. And when I looked outside and realized that, hey, these resources are here to be used and other people are using them um, and they're helpful for me and the organization, then it was, um, uh, you know, an eye opening for me. So you may be in that situation, you may not, but if you are, look outside your line 
management and see what others think about using these resources because that's why they're there. Bring in something into your leadership through the way you run your meetings. This is another way to promote well-being in the workplace, like maybe a score at the start of your meeting on how people are feeling, or maybe you can use like something visual like an emoticon. People don't have to say, oh, I'm a seven out of 10 or I'm a three out of 10. Maybe you can use emoticons and you can hold them up, or if you're on a virtual meeting, you can pop it into the chat and so on, just to get a gauge for how people feel. And once you have that trust in your team, you will find this might be more effective because people may not say at first how they're feeling, but if you if you persist with this and you're open on the days that you're up and down, people will start to use it properly and you'll be able to gauge, oh, okay, Sally is not feeling 100% today. Let's all help her out today if you like. Um, and you'll you know, see that evolve over time. Now, another way to do this is to even have discussions about or hold space there in that meeting for well-being discussions. Um, and you could introduce topics and use that as a sharing opportunity with the team. You might find that you don't have to do all of this yourself because others will want to engage in it too and then it'll evolve. Assessment tools can also be helpful for leaders to encourage team members to take responsibility for their own well-being. So people can self-assess their own well-being, bring this, um, I guess, assessment into their awareness, and then they're likely to self-identify and take their own accountability and actions in relation to their well-being in the workplace and at home and everything else. So I sometimes facilitate this with organizations using a tool I'm certified in called Workplace Resilience and Wellbeing. Um, and each assessment is followed up with a debrief and a coaching call. Now, you can find a link to a resource on this in the show notes if you want to know more about that. Or you could use some other tool or some self-reflection exercise that you know about or that you find somewhere on the internet. So just to wrap all this up in a bow, because I didn't do one, two, three, four, I, I, I kind of just talked about each area. If you focus on creating a psychological safe space for people to be their true selves, bring up ideas without fear of being judged, and a healthy and professional way to manage conflict, you'll be in a good position to promote well-being in your workplace. Because the environment is such an important element to the well-being of people in a team. Imagine getting up on a Monday morning, wanting to be part of something, collaborate with the people at work, solve a problem or create something compared to feeling anxious about what they need to say, how they need to say it. It just drains so much energy and therefore well-being and eventually impacts people's mental health and so on. So until next time, have an awesome week. And if you have any questions on this topic, send me a DM in Instagram. I'll also delve into a little bit more about psychological safety in another episode. So look out for that one. As I said, have an awesome week. 